morning everyone. We're live in the uh, Fendrian team car. Um, hands free and happy as uh, the Tour de France exits its second rest day and we have episode 105 which is our uh, second Tour de France show, second Tour de France special. Um, welcome along. Um, last week we kind of covered uh, where the race had got to on the first rest day. We talked a bit about the uh, ascension of Sky, the travails of Richie Port and where everyone was likely to be at the end of um, this uh, second week. And it's kind of not, not played out how many people would have said it would have done. Uh, we still have Geraint Thomas uh, leading. Uh, we still have people questioning where he and Froome are at in their relationship. The press conferences yesterday were quite amusing. Froome pointing out that he'd already won four Tours de France. Thomas pointing out that they were still friends, but only for now. And clearly they're either playing it up, hamming it up to the press. They're either the new version of the two Ronnies, um, or there is some sort of subtext, you know, maybe at play with uh, with regards to um, leadership in Team Sky. I mean, I think the one thing that uh, everyone is kind of looking at is whether or not this particular um, uh, situation will play out to the extent that Tom de Moulin can take advantage and, and creep by one, if not, if not both of them. And I think the fact that where Froome is uh, in regards to Tom de Moulin is that... Um, he is not quite far enough ahead that he's got a, a cushion for the uh, for the upcoming time trial. So Froome will look to distance de Moulin. He's got to do it in a way that doesn't endanger Thomas in terms of the yellow jersey. It's just, just going to be fascinating stuff. And, and the race itself actually this year has been fascinating up to now, despite the fact that there will be uh, internet people um, who have made their mind up that any Sky or any Tour de France with Sky in it is already fixed, crooked, bogus and boring. Actually, this has been kind of the opposite. It's been quite exciting despite the, the dominance of Sky when it, came, when it came to the mountains. We, uh, we left the race in Roubaix. Um, the first, uh, first day of sort of semi-alpine climbing had the a long descent into the finish but was won by Julian Arlefilippe. The next two big days, the two summit finishes were both won by Geraint Thomas. Um, the, probably the one that British fans will remember the most will be the, uh, the Alpe d'Huez one. Um, we'd never had a winner on Alpe d'Huez until the Dauphiné last year when uh, Pete Kenyuk and Ben Swift went away and uh, Kenyuk won but that was on a different that was on the different route up where it kind of splits about 4Ks from the top. So that wasn't the, the classic Alpe d'Huez route. It was a slightly different route and they came up the Seren as well, didn't they, before that kind of swoop round. Um, so, yeah, G win it. G whiz. G wins it. He was very excited about it, of course. But I think probably the thing that the Alpe d'Huez stage will be remembered the most for is the attack by Stephen Krausweich who came over the Quad Affair he took on the long descent of the Glandon with all of its ups and downs and twists and turns and also managed to stick out that flat, um, windy sort of gully way between like Villard de Lons and uh, Alpe d'Huez along the Valley Road and he did brilliant along there. 
but it just didn't quite leave him with enough legs to get up the uh, to get up the mountain. Um, I would have loved it if he'd have held on. It would have been a, an epic ride for all the ages, and in some ways, it would have been interesting then to see if Krausweich had hung on. Um, what the reaction would have been from the media as to whether or not his ride was credible or not. But now we'll never know. Um, but he's hung on well. Roglic is going well. And then as we... The, the lumpy transitional stages that, that they were, um, we saw the Monte Jalabert in Mond, uh, where, again, the best... Probably the best three riders in the race. Maybe four if you count Roglic, because he was just in front of them. De Moulin, Freeman Thomas went away. There was a little bit of jostling. Uh, and it was kind of as you were then as we as we kind of exited exited the Alps. So a pretty good tour so far. Um, the Alps itself were the end of pretty much all of the sprinters. By my reckoning, we've only really got Sargon, Christophe and Damar who've made it uh, as far as the Pyrenees. We lost um, uh, Laporte, we lost Greipel, we lost Groenewegen. Um, all within like a day or so of each other, Kittle, um, and then probably most dramatically of all, Mark Cavendish, who has attracted a fair amount of criticism for his performance in the tour, I think that's fair to say, um, but coming from so far back after all the crashes and accidents he'd got, I think he was looking to kind of hang on in the first week, maybe snatch something, and maybe just try and get through the mountains and, and get himself a run on uh, a run on the last sort of, two of the last sort of three stages, which would have given him an opportunity but not to be but fair play to him for soldiering on to the finish it would have been a lot easier for him to uh, disappear from the Tour de France in a team car and uh, and not have to to face the photographers and the press and everyone at the finish but he crossed the line even though he was well over an hour behind so fair play to him I think that only in terms of sort of connoisseurs of the history of the Tour that maybe only enhances the Cavendish uh, legend, whereas of course, um, you know, some of the other riders, Cipollini, of course, was famous for being on the beach before the first mountain pass had been crossed. Um, a lot of questions now about whether or not Cavendish will get beyond 30 stage wins. I don't think that really matters because he's got 30 stage wins. So I don't, I don't particularly see his legacy damaged by this tour. I think he'll want to come back, maybe put this right, um, but he needs a good run. He needs a good run of, uh, of, of racing and um, a good run of rides where, you know, he's, he's, he's content and, and, and competitive. Um, I don't see him riding the Vuelta. Um, I'd just see maybe, you know, week-long stage races. Uh, but, of course, he needs to get himself uh, fit and firing before all that can, can happen. Um, who knows? But uh, we wish him well. Um what we've also been looking at, trying to do, um, is, is consume as many of the Tour de France podcasts as we possibly can, just to try and get, get ourselves an idea of what everyone else, you know, is doing, all of the big popular podcasts, but also to give us um, a little something to review um, on the, on the, on, as we come out of the rest day. So we're trying to take in as much content from as many of the of the big ones as we possibly can um, the only one we haven't um, is uh, the ITV daily show uh, the main reason for that was we read a few reviews of it and those reviews seemed to indicate that 
you know it's quite a lot of content that's already been on the channel you know on the ITV show and and so on um, so we felt that might be duplicating the TV coverage and we can maybe review TV coverage at some point as we go forward um, so we started out with the cycling podcast popular and very famous uh, transmission um, the cycling news podcast uh, the Velo News podcast, the BBC Bespoke podcast, and um, a Brad Wiggins show, uh, and the Move Lance Armstrong one. So we pretty quickly discounted, and it's not a uh, it's not a nationalistic thing. We love the weekly Velo News show, but the Tour de France one didn't quite do it for us. We're not. I'm not kind of. I'm not kind of into the the, the sort of depth and prognosis and an analysis of, of the recon ride the guys from the recon ride who are, who are on that show so from from my perspective um that was one that we thought right we're not going to get to paris with this one um last year we loved the lance armstrong's one stages it was called then it's now called the move um he's kind of changed his stance a little bit in my opinion before he was kind of all analysis based and now he's kind of there's a lot more speculation there's a lot more I think they've tried to make the show a bit more about Lance's experience knowledge what does he think but he's been away quite a long time so um, some of his punts are a little bit a little bit out there he called Richie Portwright to be fair um, but again we pretty much uh, quickly decided we weren't going to be able to um, consume this one uh, on a regular daily basis almost so um that one didn't make the uh, didn't make the cut um next up was the cycling news podcast a very divisive um piece of audio um with daniel benson uh, as the host uh, he seems to have had uh, a beef with sky for as long as i can uh, remember a lot of the content on the cycling news website seems to pander to those people who who want the sky empire to tumble and sometimes it comes through in the podcast and that makes it kind of if you're trying to be objective unbiased and and get a perspective on the race that makes it quite a difficult listen because you're always kind of your ears are, are kind of fishing for any hidden meaning in any comment or or you know uh, commentary on on what's happened so again i found it and i've stuck with it um but i'm listening to it trying to listen to it objectively and make my own mind up rather than be guided by the opinions you know which like the, uh, the the day after the first Alp stage for example there was a lot of you know I couldn't believe how dominant Sky were and I this doesn't sit comfortably and okay fine you know I suppose they will say they had their proof in the through adverse analytical finding and so, so yeah, yeah there, there's never a satisfactory answer so uh, I'll listen to it but I you know I kind of take the content with not a pinch of salt but I take it on its on its own merit um, the cycling new a cycling uh, news podcast that is sorry the cycling podcast has been going for a while with Lionel Richard uh, occasionally Daniel Francois is the uh, the special local guest this uh, this tour traditionally always been the best I think it's losing a little bit in terms and a lot of them uh, and the Lance one as well especially are losing a lot because they've got something to plug now people are monetizing podcasts in a way that means um, and we've had partnerships on this podcast in the past so I'm not going to uh, 
knock people for trying to uh, to get something out of it. But some of the monetizing uh, is it's, it's sometimes not clear when an advertising feature is on, or you know the sometimes they slip into a little chat about money box and anyway you know, that's that's fine but that does and I understand why they have to do it but for me that that does has taken it a little bit backwards on maybe where it was a couple of summers ago um, and sometimes I feel like there's almost too much content coming out with kilometer zeros and, and, and other things that that actually there's maybe nothing new to say so don't necessarily say it um, the Brad Wiggins show arrived with a lot of uh, fanfare um, only a weekly show but so far that's been dynamite um, Brad has been just releasing little nuggets every week about his relationship with Dave Browsford how he feels Browsford will be playing uh, Froome and Thomas off against each other so fascinating that um, to see that uh, that, that Brad has still got, still got some things in his armory, some some nuggets to uh, to drop about Sky, uh, about Team Sky. He's also been quite open and honest on ITV, answering questions on there. So we need to avoid a bit of Brad overkill. But uh, in him and Molly Weaver, Weaver, we've got pretty good combination and, and some pretty good information, really. It's been a decent insight into the tour. I like the fact that it's only weekly, so there's always plenty to talk about. So yeah, for me, that one gets a, a thumbs up. Uh, so far, though, the podcast of the tour, in my humble opinion, uh, has been um, the Bespoke BBC podcast with Tom Fordyce, um, and we've got Rob Hales as the uh, the expert. Um, what they've done is they've taken the traditional cycling podcast, they've talked about cycling, they've talked about the tour, um, they've talked about the riders, they've interviewed people, but what they've also done is, is interspersed that with their own adventures, so they've made it a road trip podcast rather than um, necessarily just a podcast about the tour, so we have the hilarious situation of them podcasting while trying to get off the Muir de Britannia to go and watch the World Cup, and um, that, that was a particular classic uh, in, in my mind, um, because you know anyone who's been in a hurry to get somewhere and been in a traffic jam will empathize with some of the uh, you know the the, the descriptions of the uh, motorists not letting them out the positive descriptions of the motorists letting them out and so on so all of that interspersed with some expert analysis on the tour de france makes for uh, makes for a top draw podcast so for me so far the uh, the pod of the tour uh, is the bbc bespoke one i'm sure they'll um not be expecting a medal if they are then um well you know wait on because we're not we're not sponsored i suppose nor the bbc um so yeah that brings us to uh, to an end of our week two tour wrap um and it's a wrap we've got the pyrenees stages and the time trial still before paris um i noticed uh, sir chris boardman talking on the tv last night was saying that he feels that thomas is close to home and dry i'm not sure as yet that that is the case uh, we will have to wait and see. I think if we can get another couple of days into the race and he still looks as strong, then that's a positive. I think with his history of not quite making the three weeks of a Grand Tour, similar to Simon Yates in the Giro, we almost, I think, and other riders maybe are still expecting him to uh, to have a bad day and blow at some point 
and then they've just got Froome in their sights and, and that may be where I think De Moulin might just be able to uh, to cling on to his coattails in the mountain and take out the time trial so it's still not over by uh, any stretch of anyone's imagination um, and it's going to be a fascinating watch this uh, this next few days so uh, so stay with it um, I hope you're all still getting out and uh, getting your rides in on your bike stiflingly hot for for doing that and it shows no sign of uh, no shine of any regression of the weather but thinking back to over the winter all of the pods that we did we were continually bleating about snow frost cold wind rain so um and how long the winter seemed to uh, take to uh, pass this year so we're still sticking with the fact that we're enjoying the summer um for now um not had to cut the grass so that's been quite good so yeah we'll see uh we'll, we'll see what the uh, the next few days holds and whether or not these massive 30 plus degree temperatures for the middle of this week will actually uh, change our mind and, w- and we'll be wishing for uh, for a little chill to the air so yeah stick with it stick with the show and we'll be back next week to uh, to end the tour with our final show about it um this has been the fendering cast 105 you can find us uh, on social media on instagram twitter um you can also find the website with a bit of a blog page on fendrien.eu that's f-e-n-d-r-i-e-n.eu um, it's a tumblr site so you might have to uh, click through the oath terms and conditions the irony of a cycling site having an oath landing page after uh, their sponsorship and non-sponsorship of uh, education first isn't lost on us um, but yeah it's worth clicking through hopefully you'll only have to do it once as long as you don't keep clearing your cookies and stuff and uh, then you will be able to um, to have a look at our uh, content there are always links to the pods on there and um, anything else that we think is uh, exciting and of interest for you to uh, for you to read so nothing more to say really than uh, have a good uh, have a good week enjoy the finale of the tour and um, you never know we might have another British winner <laughs> <laughs>